So um, welcome everyone. Thank you for investing your time into this. I appreciate this. Um, the, we've called this Tour de Tanya. The goal is to, to get through an overview of the entire Safer, which is an incredibly ridiculous, um, um, what's the word? Um, uh, goal? You know, yeah, whatever. It's, it's, yeah, I, 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 the word you're looking for is feet. Either way. But um, the, I'll just put it in context. I'm, I give a lot of shirim in Tanya. And one of the shows I'm giving right now, I think we're 35, 45-minute classes in. And we're just holding at the beginning of Peric 10. And there's 53 chapters. So to fit the whole thing into 450 minutes is, is a big feat. So Bessiata de Shmaya should be Zoycha. Um, the, this is, this is, we're going to try and turn your head over a little bit in regards to Hasidus. Hasidus is not um, Vortlach that we learn, um, little snippets of cute Torah that a lot of people think it is, um, or at least Chabad Hasidus isn't. Um, we're going to be really stretching our minds and grappling with some very deep um, concepts, Bezrat Hashem. Um, but it's not an easy, it's not a, it's not like um, a, just a, a, an easy little um, fun thing. This is, this will be work. Um, and we have to remember that the, what we're going to be learning conceptually are building blocks, just like when you learn Aleph base, um, they, the, the, each one of those letters is going to help you exponentially understand everything else. So in Hasidus, that works conceptually very much. Um, just like in science, you, know, you build on your knowledge. So we need to build our, we need to build a few concepts before we can even jump in and they'll build and they'll build and build. And before you know, we'll be able to start making uh, binyanim in our own mind. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, I design, I'm designing this class. I've so far done the first of the 10 classes and this week project is the next class. Um, it's as an introduction. Um, Tanya's really an investment. I, I think I can, I, I thought about this a lot, and I think I can, with my hand on my heart, say that I have now invested thousands of hours into this safer. And that's not, that's not like stretching it. I think it's over 2,000 hours that I've put into this little book. Um, so the goal really, my real goal is to just kind of ignite you because this is a, this is a personal project that no one can do except for you, no one. Um, however, what I'm trying to do, I don't know if anyone knows, but I run an online school of photography and we've been really, we've been Hashem, very successful in working out a way to really teach people how to be good photographers very quickly. So I've tried to implement, I'm gonna try and implement um, those same techniques that I've done in the school to try as best as I can, hi dad, to try as best as I can to um, create for you a shortcut um, to bypass some of the time that it's taken me to get these, to get some of these ideas down. So I'm going to be after the class, I'm going to send out everybody. Uh, I've created these sheets that will be designed to, to help you digest and ingest uh, the information. Um, there's just as a quick thing, I'm going to say when I send you one, when I send you the, the the documents that go with each class, there's these uh these little hyperlinks. And what I've done is over the years I've written lots of essays on the ideas. So we're only going to briefly 
although hopefully deeply understand things, but still go through things briefly and quickly. So I've linked other essays that will help you if you're interested to put some extra time in without having to go to the difficult text of the tanu itself, that you'll be able to try and go over the ideas and get the ideas clearer and clearer. And eventually they'll start becoming who you are, as opposed to ideas that you just quote. They will be your lens through how you perceive reality. And that's really what we're trying to do here. We're not just trying to remember a lot of cute information. We're trying to actually merge with the information and have that become our, 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 uh, our perspective on reality. So the first thing we need to um, clarify is two terms, toiv and ra. Before we do anything, we need to get a definition of toiv and ra. Anybody who's spent any time with me knows the definitions I'm going to give over. Um, toiv, we could translate, which obviously we translate as good and evil. Toiv, we could translate as selfless. Ra, we could translate as selfish. Um, we could also, in the same breath, translate good, toiv, as transparent. And in that context, we would translate ra as opaque. We could also translate toiv as surrendered. And in that, in, that, in that context, we would translate ra as not surrendered. Okay, the concept of good and evil means the good is the ability to perceive another. Um, you can, if you want. Um, but I'm not going to be able to. I'm not going to be able to go back. It's going to be quick from now, so I'm not going to be able to go back over anything. But we, the the idea of being good, is is rooted in the idea of actually doing something for another. When I'm doing you a favor, but there's some kind of ulterior motive, I'm trying to get something from you. That's not good. Everyone knows that's not good. All human beings agree on these definitions when you actually push them and they'll define when someone is being good, it means they're in it for you. When someone's not being good, it means they, they may be in it for themselves. They're in it for themselves and they, they may be aware of you. That would be not good, not bad. But if someone is evil, that means they would be indulging in something that they want at your expense. So when you think of that conceptually, we're really understanding that good means the ability to see beyond myself. And Ra is the inability to, be, to, see, by, to see beyond myself. So we could call that selfless and selfish, transparent, opaque, surrendered, non-surrendered. We're going to go much deeper into these ideas, um, but I, that, that, those are the most basic um, blocks that we need to, to move in the Tanya. That's the most important thing we need to know. Okay, so the question is, what is Hasidus? Before I even start talking about Tanya, I wanted to answer that or try and answer that question. What is Hasidus? Ask 10 Hasidim what Hasidus is and you will get probably three people answer and seven people will abstain but you're definitely not going to get the same answers. Nobody seems to have a, a definition of what Hasidus actually is. So um, I think that 
um, from what I've learned, and again, obviously everything is my take on things, um, but we can we can understand deeply what Hasidus is from understanding where the Baal Shem Tov's Torah came from. So the Baal Shem Tov, who was Mechadesh Hasidus, so to speak, he was born in 1698, died in 1760, and his Rebbe, anybody know who his Rebbe was, apparently, as legend has it? Yeah, Shaloni. So um, the Rebbe of the Baal Shem Tov, as legend has it, and I researched it quite, quite extensively, and I couldn't find the source, but it's just like, this is what everyone says. So um, Achia Shaloni was a prophet who lived um, about 900 BCE. So that's nearly 3,000 years before the Baal Shem Tov. But because we're from Jews, we don't have a problem with that. So that means that he learned on some kind of spiritual, in some kind of spiritual context from his neshama or whatever. Um, but the fact is very relevant. Achia Shaloni, if we learn a little bit about Achia Shaloni, it will explain to, after I realize this, it mamash explains to you what Hasidus is, the way I understand it. Achia Shaloni was the prophet who stood between, he was, he was the grandson of Elia Cohen in Shiloh and by the, by, by the, um, by the Mishkan. I'm, I'm going to say this briefly. So if people aren't holding in the history of Tanakh, um, just, just take my word for it. You can research it. There's links to research it more if you want. Um, but he stood between um, when the, when the Malchus, when the kingship of, of Solomon, of Shlomo Melech, um, kind of disintegrated into the two kingdoms of Yehuda and Yisrael, the 10 tribes of Israel and Yehuda. It was, it was Achia Shaloni, who was a student of David and Melech, King David, and who was a contemporary and apparently very close with Shmuel, Shmuel Hanavi. Um, he was the one who was basically instrumental in the break of the two kingdoms. <laughs> from Israel dividing from the single Malchus, the single kingdom of David, of David, into the two kingdoms of Yehuda in the south, and um, Israel, the ten tribes of Israel in the north. So Yehuda comprised of um, Yehuda and Benjamin and, the, and a lot of the tribe of Levi. And, um, and in the northern kingdoms, it was uh, the ten tribes, the other ten tribes, basically. So what I'm going to say here, maybe some of you will understand and maybe some of you won't, but that split in Yisrael was the, was the break of, was the, was the, the beginning of Gallus, was the, was the, was the, um, the beginning of true exile, the true spiritual exile of Yisrael. The split from Yehuda and the split into Yehuda in the south and, and Israel in the north under Yeruvim in the, in the north and Yeruvim in the south represented the break between behavior and essence, between what you do and who you are. If Gabriel might understand, if you have the south, yeah, Yehuda, the three garments, and then you have the ten esekoichas, which is above in the north. Yeah, there was a break between who we were and what we were doing. Achia Shaloni is the link that, that links back to the state before that, 
when we were one, when who we are and what we did was, 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 um, what's the word? Was in line, was synced. So the Rebbe of the Baal Shem Tov, the Baal Shem Tov says when he was 26 years old, he sat with Achia Shaloni for 10 years. They started on the word Bereshis, and 10 years later, they finished on the words Kaliswell, the entire Chumash, the entire Torah. And at that, when they finished Kaliswell, Achia Shaloni pushed the Baal Shem Tov into revealing himself. So the, the Torah of Baal Shem Tov is really Torah Achia Shaloni. Achia Shaloni was also the um, Achia Shaloni was also the um, um, the Rebbe of Eliyahu and Navi, and um, it was. I'm sorry. One second. One minute, Joe. This is really. I'm going to turn off. One minute. Okay, that's better. Sorry. Um. So oh, that's not even good anyway. <laughs> sorry. Um. So it's really. Achia Shaloni was the Rebbe of Elio and Navi, and also. Um, Achia Shaloni had a very strong uh, connection with Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai as well. So we're really sinking back to Torah Samashiach. That is what Hasidus is. It's not a cute thing that we learn on, on Shabbos afternoon. It's linking back to the Neshama of Dovid Melech, which is really linking back to the Neshama of Moshe Bain, which is really linking back to the Rabbi Shalom, Mamash, Mamash, Mamash. As is with all Torah, but this is on a this is on a more the way we understand it on a more direct level nowadays. So we could say that Hasidus really is the deep experience of understanding of perceiving the unity in the multiplicity, the yichud in the riboy. We live in a world of endless multiplicity endless, endless bits and pieces, but we know that Hashem Echad, and we believe that. Chassidus, learning Chassidus, in the way that I've been, I've been privy to do this now, actually moves your mind into a, into, or moves your being into a place where you can start to experience the unity within the Reboi, and it becomes part of your everyday reality which has huge implications. Now, another quick, um, again, another like piece, conceptual piece that we need to plug in um, is the concept of the higher unity and the lower unity. It's called Yehuda Elah and Yehuda Tatar. Two completely different concepts of unity. Yehuda Elah, the higher unity, is um, conceptually the concept of just Echad. You can't use any other words. Echad. Like um, the, the, the analogy that we have in this world would be when you open up a seed and you break open a seed and you look and it's just white. You know somehow that the entire tree with all the branches and the leaves and the fruits and the roots and the, and the trunk, everything is in there somehow, but it's just white. It's just pure white. That's Yehudah Ilah which is the highest level of all reality, and there's, you can't say anything about it. It's, it's no thing. That's the best way. It's nothing. No thing. It's just echad. That's Yehudah Ilah, the higher unity. What's the lower unity? 
the, the lower unity we're Zoich in this generation to understand this clearly is the concept of organizational unity. The, the tight functioning of a healthy organization or an organism, which is from the same words. When you have a multiplicity of parts, an endless amount of separate parts, but they are all completely nullified and in their place and functioning differently, but they are functioning in a, in a, um, in a, um, um, in, not in unison, what's the word? Symbiotic, that's a really good word, but I think, I don't know what that means. In a, um, Symbiosis? In a, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're synthesized with each other. They're, they're, they're working with the bigger picture in mind. Like when you look at, a, I, mean, I don't really watch sports, but you can imagine like a football team or a basketball team, you, they're, they're, one, they're one being. They know where everyone is and, they, the ball, and they, they, they're, they're, they're not single individual people. They're, they're an entire organization. That's the lower unity. That's called Malchus Shemayim. It's Shemayim and Va'aretz. The Malchus is the low. That's comparable to what we said before, to what you do. There's who you are and then there's what you do. The who you are is Echad Yachid Miyuchad. The who you are is one. The what you do is a multiplicity of, yeah, is a multiplicity of fragmented, apparently fragmented parts. But really, if, if there's the lower unity in place, they're really all one. Now, what happens when your, your multiplicity, your, 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 your life in the world, which is made of lots of parts, is all directed and, and in sync with who you are, what happens is who you are flows into what you're doing. And that's the concept of, the, of Mashiach, is that the world will be functioning in a unified organizational system where everyone will have their part. The Jews will be playing their role. The non-Jews will be playing their role. And they'll split into lots of parts as well. And the animals will be doing their thing. And the sky will be doing its thing. And the ground will be doing its thing. And every part of creation will be playing its specific role. What will, they be, what will it be, all be following? It will all be nullified to the, um, to, to, the, to the purpose of the creator, to the Yichud Ilah, to the higher unity. And then what that means is that will draw the higher unity into the lower unity. And the reboy, the multiplicity of this world is endless, 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 will become completely unified with that unified light that will pour into it. And we will have the, the true merging of Shemaim and Oritz of the heaven and earth, which is what the Rabboni Shalom is desperate for. We call that the, the Dira Betachtoinim, the... Um, the dwelling place in the lower realms. Okay, onward. So this is hinted to in the name of Yisrael Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov. Shem means name and Tov means surrendered or let's say surrendered in this context. Your name is not who you are. Your name is what you do. 
your name refers to your life. Your car is part of your name. Your wife is part of your name. Your house is part of your name. Your skills are part of your name. Your personality is part of your name. Everything that you have, okay? We're not our personality. We have a personality. Some people, more or less. <laughs> we have a personality, yeah? But we're not our personality. We have a car. That's a tragedy when somebody actually thinks they are their car. And there's a lot of people who think that. But we have a car and we have a lot of stuff. All the stuff that we have is called your name. The Baal Shem Tov. He was the master, the one who mastered that his name became completely transparent. Tov, remember, Tov is transparent, is, is, is nullified. His name, the multiplicity of his life, became completely transparent to who he was. And as a result, Hashem flowed through him. And that was the whole, that's the concept of Hasid, is how I understand it, is the unification of you personally, in as as a as a not just biologically, but as a, you know, conceptually, you're made up of endless, endless bits and pieces. When that all comes together and becomes, so to speak, like a chariot for who you really are, that's called ge'ula. That's called um, redemption. That's on a personal level. On a, on a, um, on a, um, that's on a microcosm. On a macrocosm, that is Hashem, being able to express himself through his name. What's his name? All of creation. Malchus Shemayim. Shemu Malchus. When Hashem is privy to his final, his ultimate desire, which is to merge with his creation, to merge with his name, that his name should not be, um, what's the word? Should not be opaque to his soul. That our, just like we don't want our actions to be opaque, to conceal who we are, we want free-flowing expression. That's what Hashem wants throughout the whole world. And when that is in place, that's going to be called the Ge'ula Shalema. So that's already hinted to in, um, in the Baal Shem Tov's name. So just quickly to give you a, um, an uh, a analogy, a moshul that the... Um, that the Tzemach Tzedek gave, who was the grandson of the Alter Rebbe, who wrote, who wrote the Tanya. Um, what is Hasidus? He explained that water cannot get, and by the way, if you're not, if I'm, I know I'm throwing so much at you so quickly, um, but I'm going to be giving out these sheets. So if you do want to invest yourself into getting these ideas a little deeper, you can, don't, 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 um, how do you say that? Don't despair. Okay. Um, the 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 Semach Senek explained that when somebody asked him what is Hasidus, he said like this: Water cannot um, cannot become spiritually impure if it's connected to its source. That's what we call a mikra. If it's disconnected to its source, it, it can. But what water can what can happen to water is water can can become filthy. It can become disgusting and filthy. But Water never actually becomes filthy. Water never actually chemically bonds with hardly hardly anything. 
it it just um it just even the salt even salt water doesn't actually affect the water on a molecular level it just ends up like stuck to the water molecules therefore when you burn water when you when you burn it you distill it you can always end up with clean water always so the water can't get spiritually impure but it can become filthy but you can always Get rid of the filth from the water. Water's Torah. Everyone knows that for themselves. Water's compared, Torah's compared to water. water. Torah cannot become trafe unless it's being completely cut off from its source. Then actually can, but that piece of gold will never happen. But water, Torah become, can become filthy. What can make Torah filthy? There's only one filth in the world. The, the shortest, the, the smallest word in the English language is probably the most used word there is. That's the only filth that exists in the entire world. The word I. When Torah gets mixed with self-interest, then it becomes filthy. That's like compared to filthy water. Chesidus said the, said the Tzemach is the fire that burns, it's the fire that burns off the filth in the water. And I, and I can say this without, I don't, I, I, from my own personal experience, very arrogant thing to say, but I'm just try, trying to give you a, a, a chizak in the thing, is that I see that happen in myself, that the, the Torah of Baal Shem Tov, the Torah of Hasidus, actually does that. If you invest yourself into it, not just like I said, vort here and there, but you put yourself into the actual limud much the same way you put yourself into learning Gomorrah. It actually burns off the, the eye, the sense of self. And don't think that means you become a robotic. It's the exact opposite. You become the most full of life being you can become. And your personality becomes exactly that. It's your personality, not that you are your personality. It becomes clear that it's something that you have and you treat it in that way. And everything that we have is there that we can dedicate it to the Rabboni Shulam. So now all of a sudden our personality becomes not an end unto itself, but it becomes a gift that we can give back to Hashem, which is the ultimate gift that we have to give to Hashem is our personality. And again, that doesn't mean to get rid of the personality. That means to draft the personality into revealing him in his world. Okay. Um, so I have to make a very important distinction between Lubavitch and Chabad. They are not synonymous at all. I have no connection to Lubavitch and I am, I try to be as much Chabad as I can. Um, we have to make a distinction between the avoider of the Jew. I describe that as the strategy and system for divine service. Gabriel, you have a better translation for avoider? No? Okay, the strategy that we're, 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 that we're implementing to serve God and the community that you belong to. They are two different things. No matter what the community says about themselves or what they what they believe in, etc. There's your avoider and there's the community. Lubavitch is a community that adheres, and the, how I understand it quite, quite um, faithfully, to the ideology of Chabad. Chabad is an ideology. It's a system and a strategy 
developed by the Alter Rebbe, Shnei Zalman of Ladi, of how to serve God. So go back a few years and there was not just Lubavitch, there was Strelesk, there was, it was called Kapotz. And then I, I just found another few, there was Ladi, Nizhin, Rezkni, Babruska. You can look online, I'll give you a link to look. But it's very interesting to see how there was actually lots of communities that were practicing um, Chabad Avoidus Hashem, um, and they weren't Lubavitch. So I'm not Lubavitch in any way, as you can see by my, my appearance. Um, so I wanted to make a very important break between Lubavitch and Chabad. I'm not going to be spouting, you know, Rebbe, Rebbe, Rebbe the whole time. And um, I'm not that I don't hold that he was a great man, but I'm not going to be, I'm not, that's not my, we're here to, to learn Chabad Chasidus Bezrat Hashem. Okay. The question is, why did the Alter Rebbe write the Tanya? So in his Hakdama, in his uh, introduction to the Tanya, he actually wrote himself, he wrote down all the answers to all the questions. He was getting bombarded by his community with a huge amount of, um, uh, a huge amount of um, uh, yechidus, of meetings with people. It became too much. So he just sat down after having met with thousands of people and he wrote down all the answers to all the questions. That's what he said. It's for people who are already searching for God. It's for people who are already searching how to serve Hashem. It's not, it's not for people who are, although it, it really can help people who don't care and it can spark them off, but it was intended for people who care, who, who, who want to serve God and who, uh, for whatever reason, don't feel they have the, the tools or the strategy, etc. Um, so he, would, that, he created an entire system. Um, I've written it here as a, congru a congruent ideological and philosophical system. And what I've realized over the years is no matter how firm people are, most people's um, hashkafa, their, their outlook on Judaism, on Torah, is pieced together a bit from here, a bit from there, you know, from this book, from this Rebbe, from this, this thing they had risen there, and they patch it together. And, you know, some people to greater, to, to a more solid extent, some people to a lesser extent. Um, but the Tanya really gives you an entire, an entire picture of what we are here to do, who we are. We'll get into a little bit what it, what it, what it says. Um, to quote of Levi Yitzhak of Ditchev, he said, he exclaimed, what an amazing thing it was that this, that, that Rev um, Shneur Zalman of Ladi was able to fit such a big God into such a small book. That's a very famous quote. And um, I feel nowadays I have at least a little bit of a, a at least a smell, a whiff of what, what he was getting at. Okay, the messages of the Tanya. Look, this is great. I said to be here at 648. And it's 6.50, so we're on track. Okay, the message of the Tanya. So in my absolute arrogance, I've tried to, I've, I've, I've tried to summarize the message of the Tanya. I brought it down to four points. The, and I'm not sure about which order they go in, um, but the, 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 the first circle, is the mind rules over the heart, which means your emotions are born from your intellect. And that's why it's called Chabad, because Chabad refers to Chochmah, Bina and Das, which are your intellectual faculties. 
Um, what does that mean? That means if I was to ask you the question, what are your feelings about what's happening in Rwanda right now? You would probably look at me and go, um, don't know, because you don't know what's going on in Rwanda. I mean, I also don't know what's going on in Rwanda right now. But if you don't know about something, then you can't have any emotions towards it. That's on the most basic, basic level. And the deeper you know something, the deeper will be your emotions towards it. Now, obviously, there's different kinds of people. So but in regards to you, when you know something superficially, you are only going to have superficial emotions. When you know something in depth, you will be privy to much deeper, more real emotions. So that's a tenant of the Tanya, that you are in control of your mind. That's something that in this generation, we're not too, we don't really believe that much. But he says, and I believe this with all my heart, that you are, you are capable of diverting your mind from negative, destructive thoughts and coercing your mind into thinking positive and constructive thoughts. And if you can do that, that means that you are going to be in control of your heart because the way Hashem built us is that your mind is shola over your heart. Your mind, um, your, your brain is um, rules, thank you. Your brain rules over your heart. Again, we're gonna, these are big concepts that we're gonna really try and get our teeth into, but we're just throwing them out there. That's number one. Number two, this is incredibly important. God is not spiritual. I can't stress how important this is to understand the Chabad. God is not spiritual. God is not physical and he is not spiritual. He is neither. He is uncreated. Spirituality is a creation. And Hashem is not a creation. So when we think that getting close to God means becoming spiritual, we're making a mistake. Getting close to God comes through one, there's one path to God. That's called bitter. That means um, surrender, nullification, transparency, good, whatever like the words we said before. Spirituality can be very, very much self-involved, just like physicality. And also, physicality, physicality can also be very selfless, just like spirituality. But it's a mistake to think that because a person is spiritual, that he's close to God. That's a terrible mistake. The most physical, beefy kind of guy in shul, yeah, can be very close to God. And the most spiritual, skinny, you know, the guy who goes like that the whole time could be very far from God. It's not about spirituality. It's about nullification to Hashem. It's about handing over your most prized possession, which is your personality. And then obviously everything else under that. Um, another way of saying this would be transitioning from being the son who wants to bring his father the slippers to the son who wants his father to have his slippers, which is a, an infinite difference. The first son, it's about him. I want to serve my dad, but, but I want to serve my dad. That's already 
on a level of nullification that's beyond spirituality physicality but that's still a selfish i mean we should be zeicher to get there that's already a high level but that's still selfish where we're trying to get to is it's not about me serving hashem it's about hashem being served and that is the that is the ultimate glue that holds all of Yisrael together. It's not that I do the mitzvahs. I mean, when a mitzvah comes my way, I'm not going to pass that up. But you doing a mitzvah, if I've moved my perspective out of my little, you know, fat body, then you're doing mitzvahs, your service of God is, is just as relevant to me as my service of God. That's another place where the, where the Alter Rebbe is trying to move us into. And that comes to um, the point, the next point I wanted to mention is that the fear of punishment is not mentioned once in the whole of Sefer Tanya. Not that I've seen anyway. And he spends 10 chapters at the end of the book from chapter like 40 to 50, 51, whatever. Uh, 41 to 50, going through all the different types of fear and love of God. And he doesn't mention fear of punishment. And he doesn't mention reward as well. Fear and punishment, fear of punishment and, and love of reward are the same, two sides of the same coin. Why? Why does he mention either of them? Because if you're in it but so that you don't, get a punishment or you're in it that you get a reward then you're not in it for him you're in it for you and that means you're connected to that terrible little word i and that's um that's um not what hashem wants how i understand it okay so i'll just give you a quick we're gonna the breakdown of the tanya is um We've got, Bezat Hashem, I'm going to give 10 classes, Bezat Hashem. Um, and I've got in this, in this paper that I sent everyone, it's going to have the dates and whatever. And I'm just going to very quickly just explain what, what it goes through, just to give you a, a, we didn't even touch the book yet. The first, the chapters one to three um, is what is a Jew? Yeah, we're going to work out what is a Jew. And we're also going to understand what, in, what is a Gentile, what is a non-Jew? Okay, from chapters four to eight, we're going to start understanding deeply the concept of Torah and mitzvahs. Um, from chapters nine to 17, we're going to get into the inner struggle. Once we've understood the components of what makes us Jewish, then we're going to start to understand the inner struggle, what it means to be Jewish. Um, from chapters 18 to 25, we'll discuss um, a deeper the, the the depth of the, the essence of what it means to be Jewish and get into explaining what it means when we say God is one, which is a very big, a very big topic that demands a lot, a lot, a lot of, of thinking. Uh, chapters 26 to 34 is about depression and anxiety that are the two sides of the same coin. They're both this is, this is truly profound, and we'll talk about this a lot, Bezrat Hashem. Um, depression and anxiety are the projection of that little word, I, into the past and into the future. When you project the word I into the past, 
you get depressed. When you project the word I into the future, you become anxious. We'll talk about that, Bezotashen. And joy. And what is joy? What does it mean to be joy? To be joyful. Chapters 35 to 40, the Rebbe explains uh, what, what it means, a dwelling place in the lowest world, which is the whole foundation. In fact, this Pasha, we're Nassau, yeah? Wow, what beautiful Hashkacha. It's a, a medrash in, uh, on this Pasha in Tanchuma uh, of the Dir Batachtoinim. That is such a lovely Hashkacha. Um, and we're also starting by uh, Shavuos, which is the, the yurt site of Dovod and Melech, no? And the Bashem Tov. Wow, what beautiful hashkacha. Um, so we'll learn about dwelling place in the world in, in the lowest world and what the vitality of a mitzvah is. Um, from chapters 41 to 50, we're going to discuss fear and love of God and all the nuances of that. From page 51 to 53, where the book ends, we will be understanding what it means the word shechina, Bezrat Hashem. And then class 10, we will do a summary and a review, which will be about as intense as this class. And that's it. On time. Thank you. My pleasure. I'm assuming there aren't any questions. That was too quick for there to be any questions. No? It's Parshas Bermidbar and Kutzler. Anyway, so if there are any questions... Um, I wanted to just, because it's going to be intense, this class. So from like 6.15 to 7 o'clock Israel time, that if you need something, you can't move forward, I'll answer it. Otherwise, if there's any questions, you can ask at 7. So if anyone's got any questions now, I'm happy to try and answer them. Otherwise, you can say goodbye. What does it mean, the Balchent of Lun, from, I can't remember the name, like... From Achia Shaloni. It must mean some, like, a Neshama spirit, like, you know... Like uh, Rev, um, like Rev Yosef Cairo had the, you know, Gilui Eliyahu, that Eliyahu came Margaret. from. He had a Margaret, Rev Yosef Cairo had a Margaret. Oh, and and um, who had Eliyahu? Was it the... Um, uh, people over... over a lot, a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> souls come to them and teach them things. So, yeah, that's... The, that. Gra, the Gra famously had a Margaret come to him and the Gra told him he didn't want to learn with him. He wanted yeah, to get yeah, there yeah. himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. say that. Thank you, Gabriel, for arranging this. I'm going to send everyone. I'll send. Is everybody? I don't know if everybody's on the thing. I'll send out now this um, this this sheet that I've made. And like I said, um, th this information is absolutely transformational. There's no there's no other words for it. It, it can completely transform your life. It's not just Vortlach. It's not just like cute little tidbits. This is this is real thing. So I'm I'm trying making these sheets. If you want to invest the time over the week into trying to you know ingest these ideas, I I think that's a really good investment. Um, so I'll send them out and there's links to all different kinds of stuff and I'll also put the the video online somewhere and maybe make a website or something. Um, but anyway, that's it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the classes will be sure. recorded yeah. and accessible in the event that we are not able to yeah, attend yeah. one or please more God. sessions. Yeah, please go. All right, if, if anyone didn't sign up or anything, just post your email here in the chat so Shmuel can send you the yeah, yeah, uh, do that. Yeah, send me yeah, info. Thank you. Okay. Can, I, can I ask a quick call, question? Call to, I got to run. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Well, um, 
the so in, in Perke Abos, Alex, can we uh, see it? Yeah, you can, yeah. Oh, there you go. Zabin, thank you for giving How us you? your time. My pleasure. Bye, Bye Tommy. Bye. In Perke Avos, uh, right, it so teaches much. that um, it, it says if a person isn't for himself, then uh, who will be for him, right? Yeah. So how so how do we understand that with this with the with Bittel? Where does that fit in? That's exactly how, exactly the point. If you can't give your personality to God, then no one's going to be able to give your personality to God. That's one of the things. If you if if you don't drive people around, yeah. If you've got a car which really belongs to God, but it's your car. Uh-huh. If you don't dedicate that to the service of Hashem, then maybe someone else will. He might take it away from you, give it to somebody else. But yeah. your personality that 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 you 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 have to give that to him. Don't yeah. think that bitter means that you're losing your. I mean to say it, we're going to discuss it much deeper. It's not a, it's not a quick. It's 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 not what you're thinking. It's a very deep concept, and it is it's absolutely liberating, and it's what we all desire. Great. Take the question. Square. Okay. Good to see nice you. Nice to see you. Nice, Alex. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye, man. Okay. Well. Yeah. Hi. So. Uh... These I see they're being recorded. Will they be accessible if the event which uh, we're not able to be here during that time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll send I'll send out a link. I'll put I'll put them somewhere. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, as well as Okay. Okay. Bye, everyone. Good yom Thank you so much. My pleasure.